You know, that just sort of leads me into doing something a little bit different in a way that you haven't heard before. Last week, uh, Lisa came up to me and said, now next week you're going to talk about the baby Jesus, right? (laughs) She knows me a little too well. Knows that I like to, uh, I don't know, just come from a different point of view. And I assured her, yes, I'm going to talk about the baby Jesus. But from that little bit different skewed place. And what we thought we'd do this morning is, is just keep everything kind of in line. And so um, we'll, we'll kind of retain a little bit of the, the sense of worship that we've got going so far. But I do want to talk to you a little bit about the baby Jesus. Because, you know, the birth of any child is a big deal. I remember when uh, Marion and I, Marion and my first son was born. And uh, we were living in Irvine at the time. And her first contraction started somewhere in the early afternoon. And, you know, you panic immediately and you call the doctor and they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, they're still too far apart. Just wait. When they get to this point, then bring her in. And, and so, but you're, the whole time, the fear and the excitement is starting to build. And I'm watching her and she's in pain and there's nothing I can do. And they're getting closer and closer together. So I call my friend Chris, who lived on the other side of the apartment complex. And it was like, I just got off the phone and the door was open. It was kind of like that character in Seinfeld where he blows in the door, you know, and, and comes in. And, and he was just like wild-eyed. And so, what do I do? What do I do? Now, believe it, even back then, I had a cell phone. It was about the size of one of those World War II walkie-talkies, but it was a cell phone. And so I gave it to him, and I said, all the contacts, everybody we know is in there, start calling and just tell them, baby's on the way, baby's on the way. So he took this really seriously, and he started calling everybody. And um, and so then when it was time to go to the hospital, we get to the waiting room, and it's filled with all our friends and family, because Chris had done his job, you know? And they're all camped out, and I mean, some of our friends are just on their laptops, just work, you know, working away because they knew how long it was going to be. And we go in there, and it's kind of a do-it-yourself birth because there was about four maternity pregnancy things going on, deliveries that night, and so there was nobody. You could shoot a cannon down the aisles. I'm looking for ice chips. I'm doing whatever I can on my own. And, uh, but when the time came, they came through. But the thing was is that all of this stuff, all of this excitement, all of this fear, all bundled into one experience is what we're really talking about here. And you're totally unprepared for parenthood, aren't you? Those of you who remember your first child, you know, you go through all this stuff, you spend one night in the hospital, and they let you bring this thing home. And all of a sudden you walk in the door with this carrier thing full of this little seven-pound package, it's like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? You know, they, they, they don't tell you what to do. I mean, it's harder to get a puppy at a shelter than it is to bring your kid home. And so you get this kid and it's just like, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? You know, <laughs> life is never the same afterwards either. I remember at our 10th anniversary, um, we, we're, we're driving and uh, we have just our, our two kids, our daughter and our son, and the van is packed to the brim. And all we were doing was driving out to Grandma's house to drop the kids off. And so the thing is packed side to side, top to bottom. We drop the kids off, and there's two suitcases left. You know, all of that stuff was for the kids. Kids need a lot of stuff. You know, there's just a lot of stuff that you've got to do. And it gets really complex. And life gets really complicated after you have these children. And yet the child, him or herself, is really simple. It's so simple. Just the child, in the child's now, accepting life as life comes to him or her. 
And so we have to go through all the complexity, but the child is there to remind us that there's simplicity beyond the complexity. If we can just get there, if we don't get lost in the complexity, if we don't think that this is life, all these details, all these things to pack, all this stuff to do, because here's this child that just lives in the way that Jesus intended in kingdom, our reminder, our, our anchor, our touchstone, if we will allow them to be. You know, the birth of any child is a big deal. So the birth of Jesus is a really big deal when you think about it. And why is that? Why is this birth of Jesus such a big deal? Why do we anticipate it so keenly? Why do we celebrate every year going on 2,000 years now? What is the big deal about Jesus' birth? But here's the thing. If we think that the significance of Jesus' birth is merely historical or theological, then we're missing the point. We're missing the boat here. Because the historical and the theological doesn't touch us. It doesn't get us where we live. It doesn't take us to a relevant place where our lives can be transformed by this meaning of this birth. You know, it leaves us completely untouched. Do you think Mary and Joseph knew the full implication, the full meaning of this birth that was happening right in front of them, to them? Yeah, I don't think so. That last line that, that uh, Pastor Frank wrote, read was about G- Mary pondering these things in her heart. She stored all these things and she pondered them in her heart. She didn't know what was going on. She's just gathering data taking it all in, putting it into memory. It was like a lifetime to be able to understand really the full impact of what was going on. And we see Mary struggling in Scripture with Jesus, trying to sort it out, trying to get the nature of the relationship, trying to get the balance, because it's so difficult to do. Imagine, how do you do that? How do you find the balance? How do you find the significance? This is what we've got to figure out. Because it'll take a lifetime for us, too, to find this balance, to find the deep significance of Jesus' birth. And it'll take forever if we're not digging in the right spot. So we've got to take a look. What is this significance? What does Jesus' birth really mean? And there's so many layers that we can take this at. Last week, we talked about, again, Frank read that the baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And so we see him lying in a manger completely defenseless, dependent, vulnerable, humble. All of the aspects of the child, of Talia, the child and the bondservant, the very word that Jesus used to give us the idea of kingdom. He's everything that he said kingdom is lying in that manger. He allowed himself to be humbled that way, allowed himself to become vulnerable that way. And that's a a lesson that we can take right out the door. Something that we can take and use as we make our next choice, our next decision, engage in our next relationship. It's all right there. But I want to take another layer, go even deeper than that. You know, Jesus and Mary had a special relationship by virtue of her actually giving birth to him. And the early church recognized this. They called Mary by an interesting Greek name. It's Theotokos. Theotokos. It's, uh, it simply means God-bearer. She was the one who bore God, bore the Son. 
This caused some controversy within the church when the first church fathers started to use Theotokos instead of Christotokos, which had been used before, which means Christ-bearer or the bearer of the Messiah, because there were people in the church at that time that didn't believe that God could be born into a physical body, that he was pure spirit. And so this controversy that lasted almost a hundred years went on between Christotokos and Theotokos and the nature of Jesus and all these things. Theological stuff, right? That all that really does is divide us. doesn't bring us together. But either way, Mary was the bearer. She was Theotokos. She brought God into the world. Now Jesus, on the other hand, is described in the scripture at Matthew one twenty-two as Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is defined right for us in the, in the pages of the scripture. It's God with us. It's a Hebrew word. Theotokos is Greek. Emmanuel is Hebrew. Emmanuel is God with us. And what does that mean? It means that Jesus was born in a physical body. Jesus entered the world, entered the world as a human being. And so the allness of God, everything that God is, that, that unbounded presence, that unbounded being, is now localized. It is brought into a single place and a single time in the body of this helpless infant. Jesus literally enters into humanity as humanity is. And what is this human condition that we're talking about? I love the description of it called as tyranny of the finite. Have you ever heard that before? Tyranny of the finite. It means if you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. You can't have it all. Because we can only, as human beings, be in one place at one time. And so whenever we put our presence here, it means we're not putting our presence there. We can't bilocate. We're here and now. Jesus takes on this tyranny of the finite. He comes into life being at one place at one time. And he shows us what it looks like to have the full presence of God in human form. What does it look like when God's full presence is localized right here and right now. There's a mystic called Jean-Pierre de Cossade, I think you say it in French, and he has this wonderful phrase he calls the sacrament of the present moment. The sacrament of the present moment. Jesus is the sacrament of the present moment. When he was here physically on this earth, wherever he was, was sacred. It was a sacrament when you approached him, you were seeing the full presence of God right here and right now. Theotokos and Emmanuel, Mary and Jesus, God-bearer, God with us. The church gave Mary a special place. The Roman church continues to give Mary a special place, and the Protestants fight about that too. More theology for you. But the reason that they did, the logic was that you can't have God with us until someone bore God into the world to have God with us. And so Mary has a special place because she brought Jesus in. But on a deeper level than that, not just a theological level, not just a logical level, on a level that can really touch us, that can really bring us into an understanding and experience of our God, there's a deeper thing that we can take a look at. We are told in Scripture that we were created in God's image. 
but as finite humans. So, if you think about it, we're a living paradox. We're God's image, the unbounded nature of God, in a localized human form that can only be in one place at one time. Now, most of the time, we live our lives merely as human beings, lost in the complexity, lost in the weeds, lost in filling up the van, all of those sorts of details. But the birth of Jesus can remind us of this underlying simplicity, this complete unity, this presence, this awareness, this intense being here and now. And Jesus' birth can remind us who we really are, this paradox, this spirit, this God's image living in a human form. And when we remember who we really are, then we can bear God's image into our moments, into the circle of people with whom we are relating at that moment. We literally become theotokos. We bear God's image into the world, into our lives, into our relationships. And when we can live as if God's image is true in our lives, then we become, as Richard Rohr said, little incarnations. I love that. Little incarnations of God's presence. In our moments, in our relationships, we can live Emmanuel. We can live God with us, connected to God's presence in this moment, because we are present in this moment. Jesus' birth is not just showing us history and theology. It's showing us the Otokas and Emmanuel. God born into the world, God with us. And it doesn't just describe Mary and Jesus. It describes you and me and everyone. Every time we break through all that stuff in our head, break through into this moment and remember who we really are. Who we really are. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you for coming into this world as a single human being and showing us the extent of your love, showing us everything that you are. We are so grateful. There is nothing we can do without your love, without you in our lives. Thank you for Emmanuel. Thank you for being with us.